At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Hey, Sam. Hey, Ashton. So we've got, I guess we're going to call this episode like Gone Girl. Is that like what we're doing for this? Because it's kind of like Gone Girl vibes. Sure. Sure. That's what we're going to do. So we've got Gone Girl theme today. We have Search Party for our TV show. You've got an episode from Criminal. I mean, Criminal. Criminal. And why am I trying to say criminal? I don't know what that word is. Um, criminal. And then I've got an episode from My Favorite Murder. And then we also we're going to talk about something that's going on in the news right now, which I feel like if you're just a normal person who's turned on the news, you have to know what the story is. But it kind of inspired us to go this route. So Sherry Papini... Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. So she's been in the news lately because she was kidnapped, quote unquote, in 2016. And when did, I guess recently, did they figure all this out that she had faked it? Or was it like back then she, they realized it and she just got arrested lately, like recently. So that's why it's in the news. I can't remember that. I think it just came out like okay that she faked it okay okay yes so in 2016 sherry was um running like going on a jog she had gotten kidnapped and she was missing for how many days was she missing three weeks okay three weeks i wanted to say i thought it was like three months but yeah three weeks she was missing and um she had been like brutally like beat up branded um she was in bad lot I think she was like 80 pounds mm-hmm. and I mean this woman is like a grown woman who's had two kids so for someone like that to be 80 pounds I mean that's just you know you can only imagine um and she said she had been kidnapped by two women who were like covering their faces I guess to not show you know to um not expose themselves and she i'm trying to think what else she, i guess she said they branded her and she said they were hispanic because they were speaking spanish okay yes yes um and then i guess eventually they like dropped her off like on a somewhere random mm-hmm. and um so yeah it was like a, i mean i remember this back in 2016 like watching this on the news and just being terrified because you hear, I mean, you hear of those cases where women get picked up, like kidnapped while yeah. jogging and things like yeah. that. Um, there was another story where a woman was kidnapped. Actually, there's been several stories, geez, of, I mean, I think there was one in like Arkansas. There was another one. Um, she was younger. She was like a college sorority girl, like anyways. But yeah, in the one the episode we just did, the girl um who was on a hike with her dog oh yeah 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 which speaking of my favorite murder just covered that story so Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. But, um, so yeah. So, and, and then I think a lot of times too, these big cases sometimes get a little bit like they're criticized because it's called the white girls or is it the missing white girl syndrome or something like that, where mm-hmm. they get all of this attention and other people, um, if you're not a white girl, you don't, you don't get all of that attention, mm-hmm. which in this case probably makes people really mad that she got all this attention because come to find out she set it up. So she was with an ex-boyfriend and she, the poor guy, she told him that she, um, her husband was abusing her and she like wanted to get away. And so he like, she dated him like a while ago, like years mm-hmm. before, I guess. And so he picked her up and just was like, okay, like, you know, hit her, I guess, hit her. And then like when she told him to brand her and, um, he, she also asked him to like hit her, but she, he wouldn't do it. Yeah. With like a hockey stick and he's like, yeah. I'm going to hit you, but he held the hockey stick and he, and she like ran herself ran, into it. Yes. Yes. Um, so I did read like, he didn't end up getting prosecuted. Like he wasn't found guilty because he just was doing what she asked. And I mean, if she told him that she was being like abused, I mean, I'm sure he was like confused, but yeah, I mean, he probably was, thought it was two like, consenting adults. And exactly. It was like yeah, friend doing what his mm-hmm. friend told him to do. Mm-hmm. So it was mm-hmm. strange, but he's not guilty of anything. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I can hear my Alexa going on downstairs. Anyways, um, it kind of scared me for a second because I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> um, so. She, uh, they also, I was reading that, that like everything was so like the, the theatrics about it. Like that's how the kind of the cops caught on. Cause they were just like, this is just yeah, yeah, too she had, like, much out a tuft of her hair. And yeah. It, and they were like, that doesn't really match with the story you told of getting mm-hmm. abducted. And then with the women that she said took her, they found men's DNA on her clothes, which is what led them back to her ex Yeah, yeah. So her husband ended up divorcing her when she was, I think, found guilty and put in jail. It was very recent. Mm-hmm. But his, I mean, the poor guy and the kid, the two daughters. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, they're so confused. But yeah, so that, we saw that case in the news, which kind of got us the idea of um people faking their own deaths faking their own i don't know what you would call it um really the only term that can come to mind for me is like a gone girl Mm -hmm. i I don't know if there's like an actual word for it i couldn't think of one but that's what that's what we'll call it unless you can think of something but anyway so our show we we thought of was Search Party, which we've both watched. I think I've only watched the first four seasons. How many seasons did you watch? I don't even know if it was four. It was up until the point where you realize that the disappearance was faked. So okay, they're, okay. they're looking for a college, like not even friend, but like acquaintance. Acquaintance, yeah. Um, and... I don't know at what season they find I think her. that's the end of season one. So you probably oh, watched like okay. the first season. And I didn't watch very much of it. That's okay. It kind of gets a little um, crazy, like very, um, they go off on like all these weird tangents. But yeah. basically, I don't think I watched the fifth season because it was got a little weird. I mean, overall, it was a really good show. The The main girl in it is the one from Arrested Development. Did you ever watch that? Mm-mm. Me neither. I tried. I mean, it's hilarious. Like, it is funny, and I love Jason, mm-hmm. Bas- Jason Bateman, but I couldn't, like, really get into it. Yeah, but um, I was reading today where it's kind of like the – it was like the next thing after Girls. Did you ever mm-hmm. watch that? Yeah, yeah. so it was yeah, kind of yeah. – it's kind of like that vibe, like – millennials they live in brooklyn um they have like superficial problems you know like 
first world problems, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then their friend goes missing. So the first season is all about like trying to find not really like you said, not even really their friend, like their acquaintance. And they eventually figure out that like she like went missing herself because she like was tired of dealing with things like again first world problems Mm -hmm. like not even but during that time she ends up murdering the guy she's having an affair with oh that's right yeah because she thought he was after her Mm -hmm. so then i think the next season is um the trial with them because they murdered the guy and then the third season she gets like um because the case goes gets famous while they're like during the second season their case gets famous because they're on they're on trial for that murder well the third season she gets kidnapped by like someone who's obsessed with her you know how people get obsessed with like Mm -hmm. killers or whatever Mm -hmm. um and and so she's like being held captive by this person who's obsessed with her and then i think i don't really know what happens after that it gets a little weird but i would say the first season is at least give the first season a shot and then if you're into it like keep going but um i mean it's a funny show like it's not to be taken that seriously and I think it's something that's easy like I used to watch it while I would work out in the morning just mm-hmm. like something to where you like don't have to pay attention to every detail kind of thing but yeah so it's it's like funny stupid and it met and it met our um our theme so yeah we were we were <laughs> really grasping at straws for yeah we've watched that would fit this (laughs) i know i feel like we've watched so many things lately but it's hard to put a um theme around it so Mm -hmm. um but yeah we've been we've had lots of good things that we've been watching and i know you and i've talked about like our list of what we're wanting to watch so maybe maybe some some more ideas will come to mind but yeah i would say search party give it a try it's it's funny um especially hbo max yep hbo max so now we have we don't have like a i guess a whole um podcast series we just have like our episodes but i think there's two good episodes so i'll let you go first okay and you can kind of give us your it's kind of like our wit pro where you kind of gave us the like background and then Mm -hmm. I can give you a crazy story yes mine is much shorter than Ashton's Ashton's is wild but um this episode of criminal is episode 61 and it was released in February of 2017 and it's titled vanish and it starts with Elizabeth Greenwood reading her own death certificate And it had stated that she died in a car accident in 2013. And Criminal doesn't go into Elizabeth's story fully, but I looked her up and was reading a little bit about her. And she had considered faking her own death to get out of student loan debt. And she went as far as to procure the death certificate that she read in the episode, but she got it and was reading through it and she said this sounds you know really eerie and it like became real to her in that moment and she decided that she didn't want to die so instead of going through the whole faking her death thing she decided she was going to research exactly how people fake their deaths and she wrote a book called playing dead a journey through the world of death fraud and so if you like this topic, then it's out there on Amazon to buy. Um, <laughs> but she researched what it took to fake your own death, and she tracked down some of the people who had tried to do it and talked to them. And actually, this criminal episode tells the story of John Darwin, who she ended up speaking to once he was released from jail. So I'm sure there are some really like interesting stories in that. And um it's a pretty uh, unique topic, I think. Yeah. So this The criminal episode is focusing more on the 
practical and logistical pieces of how you fake your death. And throughout this episode, I was thinking a lot of our witness protection episode because uh-huh. like it, it's a lot of what you have to do is similar to if you, you know, start over as a different person, which I mean, makes sense. You have to like kill off like whoever you were yep. until that yeah. point. So um, Phoebe says, and Elizabeth sa- say that the easy part is the stuff that you can have pay to have done. So like getting a face ple- fake police report, a fake death certificate, and even finding a body is apparently pretty easy to do. <laughs> and the, um, she asked, Phoebe asked Elizabeth like how much it would cost. And Elizabeth said apparently like um, Puerto Rico was it Puerto Rico? No, um, um, I don't remember. There's, there's, is it Puerto Rico or Panama? I don't know. But it's easy to like get a dead body and. Oh, I think it was years. Panama. Yeah. Panama. And it's like $5,000. Yep. Yep. So that's, that's not that much. Yeah. And most people are doing this to get out of some sort of debt. So like the $5,000 compared to what they're expecting to get on like life insurance policies Mm -hmm. and like their home and all that. So the hard part is really how you live after you've died. And they talk about how the tips and like the things you should and shouldn't do have really come from the people who have failed to do it, who Mm -hmm. have tried and failed because if they succeeded, then they're dead or we think they are dead. So, you know, they're not going to come back and tell us how they, yeah. yeah. Um, so the story that I was talking about, um, John Darwin, he's one of the more famous cases. And um, he was a British guy who was in a lot of real estate debt. And in 2002, he decided to take a canoe out to the beach and I put quote, disappear. He had his wife call the police and they searched for like 16 hours initially. And then the next day, they called off the search because they only found pieces of his canoe so they presumed him dead but what really happened was john jumped out of his canoe swam to shore he met up with his wife who was waiting for him who drove him to a train station one town over Um, his wife collected on his life insurance and sold their home while john camped out at the beach for a few weeks Then he went back to his hometown and he gave himself a new name and moved into the apartment right next to his wife and pretended to be her tenant. He did have a disguise and he started walking with a limp, but even his, he said he passed his dad one time on the street and he had passed old colleagues and they never recognized him. That's crazy. Yeah. And he and his wife, Anne, had a code for when he was wanting to come home. She would um, close their curtains if there were police officers around. And if they were left open, then the coast was clear and he was safe to come in. And he would use a secret passageway to get into his wife's bedroom. So they lived, like, fairly normally And they traveled and eventually decided that they wanted to buy land in Panama. But because it's really difficult to buy land without having like proper identification, he thought he thought of a way around it. And he went to the police and said, I think I am a missing person and basically pretended that he had amnesia. But there was a picture of John and his wife that had been put on a website called like move to Panama. And it was like very clearly him. So there, his cover was blown and all of that came to light. So he and his wife, Anne were sentenced to almost six years in prison for insurance fraud. And they also had to repay the over five hundred thousand pounds that Anne had received in life insurance and pension payouts so that's kind of the most famous one and they say that um you know when he went back to wherever he lived in England he was not like a hero but it was almost like a folk story and people kind of thought he was 
sticking it to the man kind of yeah. like bang yeah. and stuff. So, I mean, he he wasn't like seen as a criminal. It's more of like a mm-hmm. funny story, I think. Yeah. Um, and then another story they tell is of Patrick McDermott, who was Olivia Newton-John's boyfriend. He had filed for bankruptcy in 2005 and hadn't been paying child support. He made it look like he drowned. Um, but Dateline, like the show Dateline, had set up a website dedicated to finding him. And investigators were monitoring it and noticed a group of IP addresses from Mexico, which they followed, and there was Patrick. Um, so Elizabeth says that drowning, like Patrick tried to claim he did, and I, I think John was trying to say he did, um, is one of the more common ways people think to stage their death. Mm-hmm. Don't usually believe that because bodies typically wash up. Like you don't just like sink to the bottom of an ocean or whatever and like n- never be seen again. So she says a more plausible way is to, like we were just talking about, to like go on a hike and never come back because you could Mm -hmm. have been abducted or kidnapped or attacked and eaten by an animal or you could fall into like a ravine and never come out. So that's more believable rather than like the drownings. So um, after Phoebe talks to Elizabeth, she interviews Steve Rambam who is a private investigator and he's, you know, he says he's the person that people call when they need to find someone. And he kind of talks her through like Phoebe pretends like she's going to fake death, And she's like, okay, so how do I do it? What are you going to ask me? So he says, how old are you? And she says 33. And he says, okay, so you have parents. And she says, yes. He says, could you survive never seeing them again? And she was like, um, well, let's say I could. And he was like, okay, so are there things that you love to do? Do you have hobbies? Um, do you care about never being able to use your degrees again? And she's like, <laughs> yeah, no, it hasn't done me any good so far. And he's like, yeah, yeah. you and everybody else. Um, and he says, you have to be ready to pick up and go and leave everything behind. But your new identity has to be alive for a while because you have to – plan out like transportation if you're going to live in an apartment or if you're going to buy a house or buy a car or something like that like all those things have to be done with identification and with um you know a full name and like a credit card and things like that so he's just kind of talking about you have to plan out where would you go what kind of transportation if it's a car whose name is it registered in Whose driver's license are you using? Do you have an apartment? Are you checking into a hotel? In which case you need a credit card and an ID. And like the everyday things like getting prescriptions, um, leaving, she she says, your pets. Like, do you have a cat? Um, But really it goes back to the hardest thing about it is leaving your family. And they say, you know, you can't call your mom a year later on her birthday because Mm -hmm. if you are a missing person, they're going to be monitoring that, especially on those types of days when they think someone might be contacting you. So it's like completely cut off. Um, I mean, the fact that John Darwin was able to move basically back in with his wife is like nuts to me. And that was, you know, not that long ago, but um, it's, it's harder to do the like human things than it is to like get a fake death certificate, things like that, which. Yeah. The like day-to-day stuff is what's going to really test you. Not all the the things before that you're Mm -hmm. doing to like prepare, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that. Okay, well, yeah, that's a good that's a good episode by Criminal. I um I had listened to that when it originally came back came out, but then re-listened again before this episode and it's just really interesting. It's so funny that that girl tried doing it and then ended up writing a book on it. So, yeah, she's like, "Um, maybe not, but <laughs> let's just play this out." And now a word from our sponsors. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. 
With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, okay, so I have an episode from My Favorite Murder. It's episode 268, and it was released in April of 2021. And it is the story of the poet, which Karen was saying that she was, um, like, I guess a listener had, I think, tweeted her or something about mm-hmm. this story that was written by, um, let's see, I think it's called The Medium. It's like an article that published this story called The Poet, and basically Karen uh, tells the story that was written in the article. So this happened in Wichita, Kansas in 1978, and this whole story revolves around this woman named Ruth Finley. So um, in 1946, when Ruth was 16, she was attacked, and um, someone, like, broke into, at this time, she was, like, living on her own, and she was attacked, someone broke into her place, uh, put, like, she passes out by chloroform, and the attacker doesn't sexually assault her, but they were, like, heating up, like, a pan or something, and branded her legs, so just, like, really strange. Well, that happens. Um, they never find the attacker and she eventually just like moves on and, you know, tries to live a normal life. She, in 1950, marries her husband, Ed Finley, but she was an accountant. So, you know, had to give a shout out to Ed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they have two boys and live like a quiet, normal life. Well, in June of 1977, um, Ruth is home alone and her husband is staying in the hospital. Um, he ends up like staying for a week. So she is home alone during this time. And to distract herself, she like turns on the radio. And when she does, like all she hears on the radio is like about BTK killer. Cause this is right in the time when, and he was in Wichita, I believe. <laughs> yes. So at this point, seven women have been killed, but they don't know who it is. And he's still on the loose. So she just like, is obviously not what she wants to listen to, which if that was us, you and I would have like turned it up and been like, okay, tell me more. Stop everything else. This is what yeah. we're doing. Listening. Yeah. <laughs> so she turns the radio off or she changes the channel, whatever. Well, she gets a call and it's a man and he asks if it's Ruth and says her like maiden name, meaning like he knows of her like from when she was a kid, whatever. And he asks if she still has her brand on her legs. And she says she doesn't know what he's talking about. And the guy, oh, sorry, that was so weird. And the guy is a construction worker who found a newspaper with the article. Like he found it in a house he was like working on. And um, he like asks her about the attack and says he's going to blackmail her and revive the story unless he pays her, which I thought this was kind of like far-fetched. It was like a guy who was a construction worker who found a newspaper with the article about the attack in a wall he was demolishing. Like, red flag, but whatever. So Ruth's husband finally gets sent home from the hospital, but she doesn't tell him what happened. Like, I guess she doesn't want to worry him, whatever. Like, he just got back home from staying in the hospital. So later that summer, while at work, she receives an envelope with the same article in it, but she disregards it and throws it away. Well, um, she starts getting calls, or she's, they start happening again, and when um, she'll just, like, hang up when she hears the man's voice, and if Ed answers, the caller just hangs up. So, like, I guess he doesn't know who, you know, doesn't think anything of it. Well, in August of 1977, while, they, or while she was out shopping, she was approached by a man, and he, like, says some strange things to her. 
he's like, you've done such a good job working um, this week. You you can take the weekend off. And she ignores him and he keeps talking. And he's like, you work for the phone company, right? And he says he won't, or he says he won big at a gambling, um, well, gambling. And he's like asking her if she wants to go to Vegas. And she finally says, I'm waiting for my husband. And he says, are you still married? I like your face. I'm going to see you again. You can't count. You can count on that. Um, some people's fantasies are other people's nightmares. So really weird. Her husband comes back and she tells him what happens. And he's like, don't worry. The guy was probably just flirting with you. Well, a year goes by and she doesn't see this man again until, um, she, she, she is like, she gets attacked. So, like, during that time that she hasn't seen him, she'll get the, like, occasional phone call that, like, you know, she tries to ignore those. Well, she is walking by an alleyway, and she gets grabbed, and hears a man say, Ruth, get back here, you stupid bitch, and talk to me. Ruth gets away, and she calls her husband and finally tells him, like, everything that's happened. The phone calls, the letters, like, all of it. Ed files a police report, but, like, nothing really happens um, they don't take it really like very seriously because at the time they've got BTK killer on the loose. So like they got bigger fish to fry. Um, and October of 1978, she gets a letter and it says F U F U or no F U F the police F the telephone company. So really weird. She gets another letter and the man is demanding a hundred dollars and he ends it with a poem and the poem goes, Wherever you go on water or land, you still got to pay or I tell about your brand. I am smart and know things to do. You talk to people I despise like police lieutenant and telespies. And the poem had like a lot of grammar errors. So um, she keeps getting letters. They all have spelling errors. And sometimes the guy would make up words. But like he always talks about her brand in every letter she gets. So they go to the police and they test these letters, but they find no fingerprints. Um, the calls eventually stop. So Ruth and Ed think maybe like all of this has ended. Well, in November of 1978, while running errands, she is stopped by the same man um, who has approached her before. He pulls his car in front of her and grabs her and throws her in the back of the car. There's another man in the car who like he's sitting in the front seat. And after driving for four hours, Ruth says she has to pee. They laugh at her, and she said, I'm going to throw up if you don't let me use the restroom. And, like, she's, like, making herself gag. The kidnappers decide to pull over in a park and let her go to the restroom. They make her take off her shoes and sweaters, uh, or her sweater, so she won't run away since it's cold. But they do let her take her purse. Um, the kidnapper es escorts her out um, to, like, a park. Let's her use the restroom and says he's going to pee also. So while out there, Ruth has a can of mace and she pulls it out while the man has his pants down and sprays him. He falls to the ground and she takes off. So she hides until she knows the coast is clear and finds a liquor store. Um, the owner of the liquor store calls the police and Ruth asks him to call her husband. So police are now taking it more seriously because like it's starting to resemble the um, BTK. So the day after her, uh, her abduction, the police goes back to the park where she escaped and they find her sweater, shoes, and footprints, like her footprints, but they don't really find anything else. They run a check on the car she was kidnapped um, in, but nothing comes up. The cops have monitors, or no, the cops are monitoring her as she takes lunch breaks uh, downtown where she works, but nothing happens. They spend a couple days re-examining her first attack in 1946 to see if they can find any leads connecting to, like, the current stalker. Uh, they She reviews mugshots, but they're not able to make any progress. So while this is happening, Ed is guarding their house and hiding in the bushes with a gun, hoping to catch the stalker. In December of 1978, the police receive a letter from Ruth Stalker saying they're going to... They are protecting a whore from death. The detective is pissed as he, like, he's built a relationship with Ed and Ruth and really wants to find the stalker. And the letters just keep coming. So, in January of 1979, Ruth gets a call from work um, from her stalker and he says he has a surprise for her in the lobby. She goes downstairs and finds a knife wrapped in a red bandana. 
and she calls the police. They question people in the building, and some say they saw a man who matched Ruth's description of the poet, but ultimately there's no leads. Um, Ed and Ruth decide to go on vacation in July of 1979, and so Ruth is like, I need to grab some things before we go on vacation, so she's going to go to the mall. And he's Ed is, like, not thrilled to let her go by herself, but he even, like lets her um go so when she leaves the mall she is approached by her stalker in the parking lot he tries to abduct her again but she gets away this time as she's driving away she realizes she has been stabbed in her torso she makes it to the gas station gets to the payphone she calls the detective she's gotten close to and tells him what happens and they send the police to her location but she was scared she um the poet was going to find her so she drives home which is five minutes away her husband drives her to the hospital, and the police meet her there. They learn that, like, while at the hospital, she was stabbed two other times in her back, and the stab wound in her stomach was so deep that it almost killed her, and she spent um, nine days in the hospital. And while she was staying there a ho- um, in the hospital, a nurse claims someone he looked— or someone who looked like the sketch of the poet had visited the hospital while Ruth was there. So after Ruth is sent home— the police sit outside um, her and Ed's home to keep watch, but nothing happens. So Ruth gets desperate to find, or Ruth's husband gets desperate to find the stalker, and his employer um, fronts like $3,000 reward to catch the stalker. Um, Ed tries contacting the poet himself. He puts an ad in the newspaper and he's like, Tell me what I owe you. Like, he just wants him to stop. And the poet responds, and they go back and forth a little bit, but nothing leads anywhere. The newspaper is receiving letters from the poet, and they are making references that the poet and BTK are the same person. So the public, like, sees this. You know, they're following this story, and it's just, like, crazy. Rumors are going wild around town. So the police decide to employ undercover cops to monitor downtown, um, and they have Ruth wear a wire in case she is approached by him again. Um, in January of 1980, the detective that had been working on this case who got really close to Ed and Ruth, um, he gets promoted. So a new, uh, detective takes over. And so this detective has no personal relationship like the previous detective. So he gets to review the case with like fresh eyes, no bias, um, which is sometimes good just to have like someone new step in and look at Mm -hmm. things. So... He decides to install a camera in the backyard and has the cops monitoring um, the cameras, like, inside the Finley's house. And Ruth feels bad for the cops, so she'll cook for them, and she reads the letters to them, like, from the poet as entertainment, which I thought that was kind of strange. But Ed starts driving Ruth to and from work, so she's never alone. Um, Since this has started, the police have looked into 300 people. They had Ruth wear a bulletproof vest one time and, like, a wire and had her walk around downtown, but nothing happens. They have someone review the handwriting, but they determine it was not BTK. However, the public, like, still doesn't believe them. They think it's the same person. Um, as weird things continue to happen, the public criticizes the police that they haven't caught the poet or BTK. And the chief of police wife received a letter in 1981 and he feels now like this is personal. And so he takes matters into his own hands. He hasn't had any involvement in the case um, up until this point, but he decides to take it over himself. So after reviewing the case, he believes he knows who the stalker is. Um, He finds it strange that all of Ruth's attacks have been in public places, but there have been no um, witnesses. He also thinks it's weird that after all the surveillance they had Um, They have employed no officers or neighbors have spotted the stalker. When the camera was installed in the backyard, all the action by the stalker moves to the front yard. Um, During Ruth's abduction in the park, they only found her footprints. When she was stabbed, she called the detective instead of the the police. Um, And so, like, he has a meeting with his department, and he's like, I think the stalker is Ruth and the police department doesn't agree with him, but they, they have to follow his orders. So in September of 1981, the chief of police sets up a 24 hour surveillance, two blocks away from their house. Um, and he does this 
like this time without the Finleys knowing. So the cops get photos of Ed driving Ruth to the post office and she's dropping off several pieces of mail. They find two later two letters from the poet, but too much time had passed between the time Ruth so like she's dropping them in like the big like whatever you know, whatever those the things public are. Public big reception. The blue bling. Yeah. yeah. So she drops it in there. Well they had to wait till like a postal inspector um, could come and open the mail. So technically, like someone else could have like mailed those letters. You know, like there was a long time between like her dropping them off and other people dropping mail off that it could have been somebody else. Well, right. so nine days later, they catch um, Ruth and Ed at the mailbox again, but this time they have an undercover cop block the mailbox, pretending to have car trouble so no one else could drop the mail into the box until the postal inspector could get there, which was pretty genius. <laughs> so they find another letter from the poet. They, re- they reseal the letter and let it get delivered to the Finley's home. Well, Ed brings that letter to the police, as he always did. He always brought the letters they received. Um, they take this letter and compare it to ones delivered to businesses, and they compare the stamps, and they discover the stamps were pulled from, like, the same stamp book, I guess. And at this point, they get permission to search Ruth's office, and they find a book of poetry, paper with the poet's handwriting on it, and a red bandana concealed in tissue. With all this evidence, they get a warrant to search their house, but they find no hard evidence at their home. So the chief of police gets another letter from the poet, and they see that the letter has been ripped at the bottom. Like, I guess it just was torn off. I don't know. Um, And they find this missing piece of that letter that was torn off at Ruth's office. So that, like, seals the deal. And um, they have enough now to make an arrest. So when Ed comes to pick up letters that he had previously dropped off... They take Ed in for questioning, and he is very confused. And they're trying to figure out, like, is he complicit with this plan? And so the chief of police tells Ed that the stalker is his wife, and Ed is just, like, completely shocked. Um, He agrees to take a polygraph test, and he passes, and then they confirm, like, he was never involved. So they bring... I know, I know. They bring Ruth in to tell her to. they have some mugshots they want her to review, which, like, she's done this many times before. Well, while they, um, while there, they interrogate Ruth, just as they did Ed, and they ask her if she ever wrote any of the poet's letters. She says no. He then shows her pictures that they got of her mailing the letters and says, we can, we can prove you, you did. Um, and she finally admits, but she swears like the attack when she was 16 did happen. So like she says everything else after that, like isn't true, but that actually happened. Um, she says she needs medical help and like she couldn't stop. Like, I guess she wanted to, but could never stop. Um, she's taken to a psychiatric ward and they decide to not press charges. Um, I guess based on her mental you know, evaluation, but the chief chief of police degrees disagrees with this decision. She cost the department over $400,000 in their effort over the past four years. Um, she ultimately says like after therapy that, that like, I guess trying to figure out what caused this, she said she had suffered a sexual abuse by a neighbor when she was four years old who used ran bandanas to tie her up. And I guess like when she was going through that, she would pretend like she was going to heaven to like disassociate herself. And so they believe that like maybe when she was home alone, which when her husband was in the hospital, um, which was like the first time she had been alone, like since that attack, she'd always been with her husband. And then she turned on the radio, was listening to like all the stuff about the BTK and I guess like got scared. And it was like her brain switched to this dissociative mode and then she like became the poet i guess um but the chief of police like still didn't believe this like he still thinks like she was guilty and should have served time but her husband like stood by her through all of it her family like stood by her neighbors also were like supportive of her um so yeah that's the story of the poet that is crazy. Sad. Sad and crazy. Sad, 
Yeah, sad for the husband. I mean, it's kind of like it's really, really similar, actually, to um, not really similar, but pretty similar to the Sherry stuff, mm-hmm. like the branding. Yeah. And I mean, this woman took it to a whole nother level, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess I kind of understand where she's coming from with like the whole like wanting to disassociate, disassociate and, you know, I I can't talk on behalf of anyone who's like, you know, went through what she went through when she was right. a kid. But and man, I don't know how someone gets to that point. You know, that's just. Yeah. And how she was able to completely trick her husband mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. it too. Um, yeah yeah i don't know if i how i feel about the criminal charges or not because on one hand i'm like she wasn't deliberately trying to hurt anyone else yeah yeah she did she had this like mental thing and was like trying to get attention Mm -hmm. and like people do a lot of things to try to get attention Mm -hmm. this is just like a crazy Mm -hmm. exaggerated example but I mean, yeah, and she stabbed herself. Yes, yes. Yeah, she stabbed herself. I still don't know if the attack when she was 16 actually happened. I don't know if I'm believe. I don't know. It's hard yeah, for me. I don't know. I guess I... They never found anything. Right. But then I'm like, why would she admit to everything else and just say True. that? Unless True. she was trying to say that's where it came from. Came from. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I well, and I can kind of see where the chief of police is coming from. Like he's probably frustrated because at the time, women were being murdered by the BTK killer, and it's yeah, like they, they were wasted. Needed, yeah, they needed their yeah. focus on that actual horrendous crime, serial, serial killer. Yeah, serial yeah. Killer. So yeah, so I, I get, mean, I, I, get, I get him. I get like the you like owe us mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah yeah so she lived i think to be like 80 i don't know when she died but i mean she lived mm-hmm. a long i guess life and never did it again i guess which maybe would have been a different story if she did it again um yeah but she didn't so yeah that is our um gone girl i guess yeah. cases um so some crazy stuff. It kind of, you know, it makes me think of um, when you were talking about faking your own death. It made me think of the story I did on, um, have you seen this man? Oh, uh, yeah. Whatever his name was, Ruffalo. John Rufo. Yeah, John Rufo, whatever. And how they were saying, like, they, like, they try to follow his habits to see, like, he was super mm-hmm. into investing. And it's like, okay, could he just totally never invest again? Um, right. you know, would he ever call his mom or his wife? And I mean, he hasn't. So it's like, he's never been caught. Yeah. So, I mean, it takes, that's what it takes, I guess. Um, and which actually I was going to mention, there's another episode kind of similar to your story on, um, actually my favorite murder did it. It's, um, let's see, it's episode 296 and it's on Lawrence Joseph Bader. Um, and he actually went fishing and his wife didn't know, but like went fishing and like faked his own death. So she was receiving like money, um, for his death and he showed up in like another, I think he like went missing and, um, faked his death in Akron, Ohio, and then ended up in like Nebraska and became like a, um, TV personality or something, which is hmm. amazing. But he had had like a t- cancer in his eye, so he wore a patch over his eye, and I think had a, like, a couple other facial like things that made him different. Well, mm-hmm. someone recognized him like a couple years later, and he's like, "No, that's not me." Well, they like bring his niece, and they're like, "Isn't this Lawrence Bader?" And and she's like, yeah, you're my uncle who went missing like six or seven years ago. And he's like, no, no, no. Well, they make him do like a fingerprint test and it's him. And so oh then it's God. like this whole ordeal because he got remarried and has mm-hmm. a kid. So when he comes back to life, he's got two wives. And mm-hmm. so his wife, who'd been getting all this money because she had three kids that mm-hmm. she had with him, like it's this whole mess. Huh. 
and she was Catholic and she had gotten remarried. And so like her marriage had to be like annulled or whatever. And his, it was like a whole big mess. (laughs) This was like in the sixties, I think. But Did he do it because he wanted to get out of his marriage? He was in debt. It oh. was debt. Yeah. And probably that too. Hmm. Yeah. So don't do it, guys. You're probably gonna get caught. But I did think it was funny and on your episode, the guy was like, Not that many women do it, but maybe they do and they just haven't been caught. <laughs> yeah, he said women are better at everything. So maybe yeah. we're better at faking our deaths. Yeah. So I don't know. But um yeah, so that's a couple episodes. Two, mine was two sixty eight, and this other one, if you're interested, um, I can't remember what I just said. Two ninety six. Two ninety six. Yeah. So same kind of vibes, girl gone girl vibes. If you're if you're looking for it, but that's all I got. So okay, alrighty. Well, bye, Sam. Bye, Ashton. Thanks for listening to In Search Of. Don't forget to review, subscribe, and follow our podcast to stay up to date on the latest episodes. If you want more information on In Search Of, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.